Welcome everybody to the first step. I'm very excited to introduce my guest today, Jason Petrunek. Now we're basically strangers, but I always follow my intuition. And for whatever reason, I reached out to J-Man to have a conversation. And and even today, we we weren't sure exactly what we were going to talk about. So it's going to be an off-the-cuff conversation. But welcome to the show, Jason. Well, thank you very much, Jill. I'm happy to be here. My last podcast was with an absolute stranger to a comedian from the United States. And we just had a very broad, sometimes serious and comical look at everything that's been happening over the past two years. So great to connect with you. Yeah, I think, you know, what drew me to you, I think I might have caught one of your conversations or, you know, I don't even, I don't even know how I came across you. And what appealed to me was your, was your honesty, you know, and your authenticity and really your courage or bravery to um, just speak what was on your mind. Because as we know today, I think, you know, there's so much division um, that we're all feeling a little better, maybe not all of us, but I know I, I feel and I see other people feeling this kind of hesitancy to say what's on their mind. And I really appreciate that willingness, that courage to, to say what you're thinking. So I hope today we can have an honest conversation and, um, and just show people through a candid conversation where, where we're open-minded to listen to each other, that, that potentially that's where some of the answers lie to some of the challenges that we're facing. So I guess my first question, just to get things going, you have a podcast yourself called Launchpad. Yeah. Um, very cool. And, and I did tune into a couple of the conversations you've recorded there. Uh, what, what made you start your podcast? <laughs> Oddly enough, it was supposed to be a lead generation at first. I work with a good friend of mine. We're business partners. His name is Sean Gallant, and he's owner of Gallant Media. And so that's business development. And I thought it would be great to do a podcast that dealt with entrepreneurship, right? And maybe that would turn into some business, you know, for him and I there. And I'm a former radio announcer. I did that for 17 years. And I had built up a pretty good network over that time. And at one point, just talking to entrepreneurs just wasn't doing it for me anymore. I wanted to just explore deeper and broader and started getting some musicians, sports figures, uh, politicians, things of that nature onto the show. And then I said, you know what? I just kind of want to abandon that whole thing altogether and just talk to anyone and everyone, which in regards to a podcast is very difficult to do in regards to trying to build up like a niche, right? Uh, so I eventually got around to championing free speech. And that's really uh, what I'm all about right now. Not so much about what's right and what's wrong. Those are labels and we have opinions. None of us are experts with a lot of the things that we speak on. We just hear things that fit our truth and our narrative. And then we pick that you know, as a side and whether or not I agree or disagree with somebody, I just think it's important that they have a platform to share their thoughts. And then all I really ask the listener to do is do exactly that. Just listen. And whatever you want to do with that information after the fact is completely up to you. So, you know, I, I, it, it intrigues me when you say giving people a voice, you know, who might not otherwise have one, it, you know, it speaks to me when you, when you ask 
us as listeners to just come to the table with an open mind, because I, I don't know if this has always been the case with humanity, but recently and and increasingly, especially with the pandemic, what I feel is happening is that there's only room for um, a certain group of people. You know, there, there, there seems to be increasingly this, this unwillingness to give room to varied voices. And I think mm-hmm. there's a danger in that. What, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Why Why do you think it's important that more than one voice comes through? Well, with any type of good policy, there has to be a healthy level of conflict, right? And I use the example of a gentleman that I had on my podcast. And poor dude, it's, and it's nothing, it's nothing against him, but it's just a really good example of a very polarizing subject that seems to upset people for whatever reason. And that would be flat earth. And, you know, Dave is a a flat earther and he believes with all his might and his conviction that the earth is flat. Me personally, I could care less if the planet (laughs) is flat or, or not. Right. But I can say this with absolute certainty. I have never seen it for my own eyes and I'm okay with just leaving it at that. Now with Dave, at one point he was coming around to this whole flat earth theory and had a conversation with a couple of his friends And his friends probably didn't want to hear it, right? Uh, And so eventually he stops talking to his friends about it. His friends start alienating him because he's now the crazy flat earth guy, right? Just based on an opinion. And eventually those two parties alienate one another. Mm -hmm. And then what Dave will do or anyone else and whatever uncommon theory that someone might believe that would be against the grain, you search out people that believe what you do. Uh, And then anything that those people say, you really don't spend too much time questioning it. You're just learning from people that have been in that space longer than you have. And then eventually you're cut off completely from any type of resistance or, or obstacles whatsoever or opposition. And then of course, without any type of (laughs) uh, like rational thought at that point, moving forward, uh, you just believe what you believe. And I think, I think that's really dangerous. That would be, you know, um, that would be the radical right or, you know, on the opposition, that would be the radical left. And I think when you get to either side of those, you know, uh, polarizing positions, uh, it it can potentially be dangerous because then you're, you're not open anymore to hearing anything other than what you believe. And I think that's, what's happening a lot right now. And, in today's landscape. And so, you know, and (laughs) again, I don't know if Dave ever hears these podcasts. He (laughs) is one of the most amazing individuals that I've had the opportunity to have a conversation with this far or or thus far, I should say. And so it it just, it says something. I I don't care so much about his beliefs. I wanted to have him on the show and just share them with me. And if for someone that that resonates with them and they, they want to become a flat earther, then all the more power to them. Right. But to think that this dude shouldn't have a voice because it's an unconventional thought is scary. Just like you're talking about, you know, the people in the coats. I mean, I would like to think that, you know, if I ever had a cancer and hopefully that never comes to be, but I would hope that I would maybe take a natural route to try and heal that and not just maybe just rush towards the, the chemotherapy. So the things that you're doing in regards to trying to lead people to light, I have a very strong appreciation 
for that as well. It's unfortunate we live in a society for someone that wants to maybe try and heal themselves naturally. That's a stupid thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people don't even explore, you know, what some of these routes someone might take to want to, you know, heal themselves through what would be considered those, you know, unconventional means. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're touching on something really important for everybody he- to hear these days, because I think, you know, as I listen to you talk, I think that's mostly where, um, you know, this, this suffering, our suffering as a humanity stems from that kind of division or us, you know, dividing ourselves. You, you know, when you were talking, it made me think of, do you know who Krishnamurti is? He's this, um, he was born in India. He was this amazing enlightened thinker in my opinion. And, and he, do you know who he is? No, I haven't heard the name. Oh, you got to check him out. But he would always, you know, he never wrote anything. He would just talk and people would write down what he would say. But in all of his talks, he he would get people to question the way that they formed their identity, right? Like, were they considering themselves Christian or were they considering themselves Hindu or they were considering themselves Indian or Canadian or American or, you know, even considering yourself as a mother or a father or a son or a daughter, you know, just however we define ourselves. And then anytime that we kind of form our identity too tightly, then this immediately separates us, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm this and you're that. And in that, you know, I think that's where that division, it's a fallacy, right? Because we we're all on this planet, like whether we're living in this country or that country, or, you know, we define our God by this name or that name or um, this set of values or that set of values. The moment that it becomes too strong, too, too rigid, that in and of itself is the cause of the conflict. Like even if it's born out of a good intention, right? And we, we honestly believe we're right. And everything that our life experience um, has shown us makes us believe that it doesn't matter what it is. That is the cause of the conflict with each other. So, you know, I think it's just so important for all of us to, to stay open and not be so firm and fixed in what we believe. So do you think there's any hope? How do you see this playing forth, you know, in our world today with there's, you know, the, the biggest, we could talk about things of the past that divided us, right? Like nationalism or, or religion, but today it's really, it really is around, um, how to deal with this virus, right? It seems like there's people who, Um, if we could define that division, like there's people who believe it's maybe not such a big deal and, and it's got to play out and all the control government control or medical control is not going to lead us to a solution. And then there's people that are adamant that the, the control or, um, you know, medical mandates are are critical to get out of this. So how do you see, how do you see this um, ever? Can we find a a way to hear each other on either side? No. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, no. You know what? We're we're a society right now that is uh, very tied to labels. 
uh, you know, like even, and I can't even follow it. I'll probably get it wrong. And I apologize, <laughs> you know, the LGBTQ and whatnot. It's like, there's that, like that, that's one, like that's one group, but there's even division within the group itself and all the different parts. And like, all oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And everyone's fighting, you know, to make sure that, you know, they get a little bit more, uh, you know, attention than the other. I remember it was forever in, in that circle. It was that trans weren't being identified enough, right. To like the people weren't identifying the struggle of the trans. And now, you know, that's a lot of what we see in TV commercials, ads in movies. It's like, it's really in our face right now. And it's really important for those people, right. To, that label is, is being identified. And until we're ready to rid ourselves of, of these labels, right, even just man, woman, right, opposed to just being human beings. And it's so hard to do because it's ingrained in us. We're, we're born that way, right, where, you know, our, our gender is a very, very important thing. And it does play an important role in society, but it's not the one thing that we should be fixated on. And I, I think until we learn to dissolve these labels, or at least not be so attached to them, we're going to continue to have these problems. And it doesn't mean that there can't be enlightening in between. It's, you know, so when I say something like no, and it's so definite, where it just seems like that's a doomsday thing to say, not at all, you know, within within the chaos, there can still be evolution, right? Mm-hmm. When a volcano erupts is as deadly as it can be and as disruptive as it can be, new life comes from that eruption. So right now I think that we're in like great chaos and I don't even know where to put that, like in regards to like a historical point of view, like I think this is awful right now, but it's not a world war where, you know, we were conscripting men to, you know, they, they had to go fight. They wanted to go fight. Like the likelihood of that person coming back home, was in was in jeopardy uh you know the war crimes the the atrocities that we've seen like you know with the the genocides and all the horrible things that have happened on this planet this is definitely a, a disruption uh but what it's really doing is that it's just stopping us from doing the things that maybe we took for granted you know it's not so important that i can't go to a restaurant or i can't go to a hockey game or whatever it might be i still have my health and it doesn't seem that there's anything uh, of that level of atrocity that's happening. So it's definitely a disruptive time. I don't know how we get through it other than maybe taking this as an opportunity to, instead of focusing on the externals and all the things that maybe we can't do, that we take some time, you know, when we're at home, when we're with our families uh, to be intentional and put some work on, the internals because even if those externals aren't around we can't rely on those to define our happiness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's been my hope you know from the beginning of of when kind of COVID hit our world I thought oh my god now we have this opportunity to pause right like when the whole world shut down I thought like this is awesome. Super uncomfortable, right? Very unnerving to just watch the world like hit the park break and and everything be be stopped. But I thought, you know, if if we can have the courage to to just stay in that a little bit, you know, like not quickly resume our activities even if we could, but just stay with this opportunity of slowing down. Stay with this opportunity of kind of um, you know, being in our in our 
with our families and our homes and start to really choose like, okay, well, when things open up again, what do we want to do? What do we want to do? But what's been really kind of fascinating, and if I'm honest, kind of disappointing to witness was this kind of like angst to just like jump, jump back in, like, God, like, when can we just start again, start again, start again. And I think we have missed that opportunity a little bit, you know, to, to just hold back a little bit longer to just stay in the the discomfort of not knowing how we want to move forward or, or not deciding right away or, you know, coming out of reaction. And, you know, that's my hope, maybe that we get to this place, like, I don't, you know, I don't want to jinx us or curse us by saying like, well, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But I do think that potentially, you know, it, it is only when, when everything kind of really truly falls apart that we might have to start to consider how we want to rebuild, but that's so uncomfortable for people to think. Yeah, But it's true, Jill, like things are going to go to shit. Like, (laughs) I don't think this is anywhere close to as bad as it's going to get depending on how someone is going to perceive it. Right. I mean, for me, this has been very difficult thus far and I think it's going to continue to test me but I can also kind of determine how far I, I let it go. So I try to do my workouts at home. I try to maintain somewhat of a, a regular schedule, but I, I just, I don't think this is going to go back to normal anytime soon. Do you think that's a doomsday thing? I, I know because it's all about manifestation and you know, just, I'm going to put forth my, my best thoughts and that this is going to be a better place. And in the spring, everything is going to go back to normal. And I don't want to be you know, a quote unquote realist, but I just, I can't, I, I can't imagine it. Maybe that's part of the problem is that we're, or I'll, I'll speak for a lot of us, <laughs> you know, just a, a general paintbrush statement that a, a lot of people feel that it is going to get worse. And they're just in, you know, this perpetual slide downwards and just not being able to see the light more or less pull any positivity out of it. Like you're, like you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think, I think potentially, you're right in that, you know, like, I, I think it's a positive thing that it might get worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, I actually think it would be good for collectively for us to unravel. I think it would be a positive step, a positive move in our evolution to like peel away so many of the things that have been making us comfortable. You know, I, I grew up in Canada in a very privileged um, situation and have been able to travel and then ended up living in Mexico for, for many years and have seen, you know, different ways people live all over the planet. And I think most of us here in Canada and and all of us who probably would have the chance to listen to this podcast, actually, um, we're, we're so lost in the material world, our material comforts, that we've essentially forgotten who we are. You know, we, like we were saying, identify with kind of the most superficial aspects of our existence, like the country we live or, you know, the religion we belong to. But as we start to peel away those 
those comforts. Maybe we can't go to our churches or our synagogues or, you know, gather, or maybe it's a dance hall that was our religion, whatever. We can't get together in, in groups and maybe, you know, our jobs are threatened or our livelihoods are threatened from all this change. And now we have to peel back with all of our creature comforts or, um, you know, our indulgent luxury lifestyles of, you know, traveling on planes anytime we want to. And I think what we're forced to face, you know, if all of that gets peeled away, which might sound terribly awful for a lot of people in my mind, I just think like right on. So at that point, when all of this stuff gets peeled away, what are we left with? You know, if all we had, like, say, worst case, we're now we're sitting in a jail cell or something and there's, you know, we, we literally have nothing anymore and we're all, um, you know, locked up. If, if that's all we had and we chose to go inside, what we would realize, I would, I think is that this life, just the pure gift of being alive, of taking a breath is everything, you know, that, that is everything that every moment we're, we're able to take a breath, that that's such a magical miracle experience, you know, just to, just to pare down and consider like oxygen coming in and then this exchange that happens in our lungs throughout our uh, blood and back to our heart that that in and of itself is something to wonder at like we don't need to have you know be able to go to the movies or be able to go to like an all-inclusive to be Jill that's nonsense no I'm kidding (laughs) what a bunch of horseshit no I'm messing with you I agree with you I actually say that the same thing Jill often is that it's human nature to take things for granted yeah. And it has to be because there's so many miracles that are happening in our body every given second, right? Like we're taking for granted right now that we're having this conversation and not one of us is dropped dead. Like I'm pretty confident that I'm going to make it through this interview. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So how do you, how do you get there though? I mean, realistically, this is easy to say, but if you were sitting in a jail cell rotting away, you know, are, are you really able to find that focus? I don't know how enlightened you are. I, like, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Do you think that you're at that place to where you could really have, you know, <laughs> you could really have that type of intense emotion and, uh, well, I don't even know what to add to that. Do you think that you would be able to be that person? Well, I, I appreciate the question. I mean, I, I don't think it's easy. I think this is the toughest work that we do is to go inside and peel away all of those identities or those attachments or those beliefs or the conditioning that makes us feel like we know things. I think that's really hard because it puts us in a place, again, of like feeling our like the insecurity that is reality, right? Like we're not guaranteed the next breath or the next day or, or any of these luxuries we've become accustomed to. And that is, I would say my life's work is to try to get people. That's what my podcast in the beginning was all about is how can I get people to engage on this path that would lead them to this kind of understanding, which isn't easy, which I think is never done. I don't think we get there and we're like, Oh good. Now I'm totally uh, free. You know, I think it's a practice. So I can tell you every day I do a practice and in an inside practice. 
where I let myself witness my attachments, my thoughts, my beliefs, and I let myself sit through whatever the experience is, good or bad, pleasant or unpleasant, comfortable or uncomfortable, and practice being with it, you know, like not solving it, not trying to like get to this point where I'm experiencing bliss necessarily, or like levitation, or, you know, what somebody might think nirvana would feel like, but I do practice daily my own ability to stay with what is. And, and from doing that, I've been doing that, um, I don't know, over 20 years, I can tell you with certainty that it's become easier for me to witness the reality of the moment, good or bad, and, and detach from what I want to happen. Like, oh, fascinating. This is very uncomfortable. Ooh, this is ugly. Oh God, that's, freaking messy or disappointing or frustrating and and stay with it you know and then through that practice which is I think the liberating thing what I've come to experience within my own body is that it's fleeting right like whatever my reaction is whatever my experience whatever my thought is it's like a minute later, it's different, right? Like it, it doesn't matter what's going on, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, it's always changing. And I think, you know, the, again, the less attached we are to our thoughts, our experiences, then the more fluid our, our life experiences and whether it's good or bad, we're just, you know, we're in a state of experiencing it, which I think mm-hmm. that's freedom, right? It's like, yeah cool. Here's this moment. Cool. Here's this moment. Cool. Here's this moment. And if it's sitting in a jail cell, I think again, if we, if we're not attached, like if we're not like, Oh man, I wish I was outside of this jail cell. Then in that jail cell, I think there's so much to explore inside that if we wanted to, you know, we could utilize that time to, to do that work. So yeah, I've kind of, I can say I've taken myself to that place where I've I've walked myself through all the worst case scenarios possible, like, you know, my children dying or my husband dying or, you know, me with some terminal illness or something. And, and through that practice of just feeling the discomfort of that, realizing, again, it's just another feeling that is never going to be forever, right? Like whatever the experience is, it's never forever. Well, it comes down to you have two choices in any type of situation. You can just let it destroy you or you can find something to pull out of it that is positive. Um, so one does absolutely nothing for you. And the other one at least helps you cope, deal, work through, uh, et cetera. So yeah, it's kind of like one of those silver lining type situations. And I, I think I, I said this years ago when I was part of a, a company, I was on stage getting recognition for uh, a goal that I achieved, a position in the company. And my, my mother had passed away five years ago. At the time, it would have been, God, maybe two, three years in. And uh, what was the, what was, it was a silver, a silver elite, it was called in the company. And I was talking about a silver lining. And we, we think of this silver lining of a cloud and just how it easily appears. And I think that's what frustrates people with the analogy is that something horrible happens and people say, well, it happened for a reason or you know, a, there's a silver lining to this. And it's like, oh, you know what? Sometimes drawing that silver lining, you know, that's something that I believe the person does, right? So I have to grab that, 
that silver marker and I have to draw around that, that cloud. And that's not always something that's really easy to do. Sometimes maybe you just get started and then you walk away, your hands get tired or they shake or you're just not in the right mindset to, to complete that full illustration, but eventually through time and exploration and understanding and going through the proper grieving process of whatever it might be, you can eventually finish, you know, that, that outline of the cloud, but it's that way it's delivered to where something horrendous happens and someone just throws it at you. Like it's supposed to be completed. Like that puzzle is supposed to be finished. And that's not the case. And I found that just through my grieving process alone with the person that was most important to me in my life, which was my mother, is that there is no defined period of time to grieve. I think the only thing that's important is that you don't get stuck. And I think that's for people that are very close to you. If you're not able to identify it yourself, my sister had a very difficult time to where she wasn't moving forward at all to where it took some intervention. And I didn't give her the whole silver lining conversation, but I did say, you know, Jana, it's been a while and we're still having the same conversation and it's four or five years later. And so what are we going to do to get you from here just to move a little bit forward? I'm not saying that it has to be healed. I'm not saying that you have to be good now, but we have to get you to another point of your grieving because then it just becomes unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've, I've learned a lot through that process myself. And I'm a much better friend now helping other people grieve. Mm-hmm. I think you're touching on something really important. Let's um, get more clarity around this because I think this can be misunderstood or, and maybe it was um, my own lack of being able to explain my process. But, you know, this 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 kind of jump towards optimism or this like, uh, turning a negative situation and seeing the positive, like I, that's, that's, I hope not, that's not what I mean to communicate. I think this ability to stay with something that's painful, you know, stay with something that's negative, stay with something that's unpleasant. It doesn't necessarily, the goal is not to feel good. The goal is not necessarily to make light of it or to turn it to something positive. Mm -hmm. I think the power here for us as humans is to not define these things, you know, to not pick one over the other, to say one is better than the other. A little bit like your flat earth conversation with this guy, it's right. Like, like we might all agree, like, this dude, he's like, he's out to lunch, right? I have proof or, you know, um, holding too tight to either side that this is right. And this is wrong. That that's where the, the suffering is, you know, it's saying that one is better than the other. It's believing that something is superior or inferior because it's, it's a fallacy. It's a fallacy, right? All of this is just energy and it's expression of energy, right? Whether, you know, it's a sunny day or a rainy day or we like sun or we like rain. These things are happening, right? We're born, we die. There's like 
easy moments, hard moments. And life is happening all the time. Even this thing that's happening, I think, you know, globally right now, it looks friggin' awful, but we're just moving through something, you know, we're moving through something. Life is this constant flow of, of change. And it's when we start to form these too strong opinions or too strong attachments about how things are supposed to happen. I think that we suffer. So it's not to like, you know, kind of like put like live in the clouds, like oh, everything's fine. Everything's yeah. good. I, I didn't think you were coming from there at all. Okay, like that, for sure. I was not, I was not thinking that. And it's one thing to have strong opinions, right? Where you keep them to yourselves. It's like this overt expression of these very strong opinions and, you know, uh, and let's just stick with flat earth because it's working right now. Like, I mean, right now you can see there's a curvature of the earth that I have here. I just, <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, where, where people don't acknowledge what you're saying, which is just kind of the, the in-between, which is, I mean, there's a lot of information that, that tells us that the, the earth is round, right? But you have not seen it with your eyes. I have not seen it with my eyes. Therefore, why would I have that strong of opinion either which way? There's some things that I just don't understand. There's some things that I just know with everything that's going on in today's world. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a virologist. I'm not any one of those things. Obviously, that's not what you had me on the show for. Uh, but I do read things, I explore things. And at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of just go with my common sense. And that doesn't make me right. And the person that objects my common sense, you know, it doesn't make them wrong. Uh, neither of us really know. We just, we, we just pick a side. That's all we're doing right now is that we're just picking a side. And I just don't understand why we defend these sides so strongly. <laughs> you know, and it's not to say that this is something that I don't do. I have done it as well. Uh, but it's just crazy how we defend these positions that we just pick of people that we don't know and don't necessarily care all that much about either. Mm-hmm. And I think the danger zone that we're in right now, uh, let's go to George Orwell in 1984. And this was even before the pandemic. You know, it was a danger that this TV, like I'm looking at one right now, like it, I, I, you, you can't draw a closer parallel to what that book was talking about is all I hear about today is experts. And I saw it on the TV, et cetera. And if it doesn't come from that source, all of a sudden it's, it's thrown out the window. It's swept underneath the rug. I don't know how we got to this point that, you know, alternative information that doesn't come from those sources are somehow dangerous or it's misinformation. And again, I'll tie this back to sales because at the end of the day, you know, this world right now is as far as corporations and things that are concerned, it's all being run by money. You know, and when I think about this from a business standpoint, and I didn't understand like, you know, the left and the right, as far as politics were concerned, even two years ago, I didn't care. Um, But there's a reason why all these alternative news sites and what would be considered to be the right are are popping up. It's because it's an underserviced area. And we're hearing a lot of what one side has to say, which would be the news, which is generally all the same message. So I think the reason why we're seeing so much disruption right now is that we have a technology with the internet, which we're starting to learn how to harness properly uh, to where people can now uh, present another side of the story and they're fighting for this legitimacy, but it wouldn't be here if it didn't need to be serviced. Mm -hmm. So I think it's still just a a matter of time to where, you know, podcasts really do become a thing because we're still in the infancy of podcasts. 
mm-hmm. uh, and to where I will, I will take notice of someone that is speaking truth on a podcast. Sometimes, you know, just as much, if not more than something that I'm getting through the news, mm-hmm. because I, I could talk to you about your real life experiences. I can have those interactions. I can hear and see you basically acting out your life on screen. Uh, you're now a, a, a verified source for me. I can talk to you about the things that you believe. I can ask you questions. We can do this right now, mm-hmm. but I, I can't talk to some dude on the news. Mm-hmm. And we've just so far escaped journalism uh, to where now we're just reading things off a piece of paper. And coming from a media background where I worked in radio, the news comes from something called The Wire. I don't know where the wire comes from. I don't know who verifies those stories. I, like I never, you just, you pull it and then you pick the most horrible stories on the face of the planet. Hopefully you find a couple that are local, right? Like, I mean, it's a jackpot of a two-year-old drowned in a pool because that's news, yeah, right? And so here we are living in this world where there's a lot of adversity. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going on. And unfortunately, news, which usually would consider this to be a jackpot, we don't want to talk about both sides of the story. We want to talk about how many cases there are of COVID. We want to talk about how many deaths there are from COVID, but we don't want to talk about any of the collateral damage that's being done from these vaccines, which is crazy to me because we all know that anything, like any type of medical intervention Anytime that you go under due to anesthesia, any type of routine operation, something can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that's just completely just disappeared and that objective point of view has now just, you know, dissipated to where it doesn't even exist anymore. That's what's frightening to me coming from a media background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I guess I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I had no plans on having any type of conversation whatsoever about the pandemic when I did my show. And then lockdowns happened. And I was like, this sucks. So I had a a politician, his name is Randy Hillier, who opposed lockdowns. And I got a lot of grief for that because he was known for defying the lockdown rules. And then my friend Kevin, who was injured by a vaccine. I mean, that wasn't even something I wanted to cover. I'm like, I knew if I got into that, it's going to take me down this rabbit hole. But I felt, you know what, like my, my friend needs to be heard other people may not listen to him i'm known as being at least at one point i was a a reliable media source and people know me as being truth and and being fair to where at least if i give him a platform to speak that maybe more people take him seriously and maybe he can find some avenues in which he can live a, a better life moving forward because you know now his motor functions are messed up he has 12 lesions on his brain And now, I mean, I find myself in this role to where there's just people that don't have anything to say necessarily about vaccines. That's the, I know we didn't want to go into this and I'm just going to touch on it a little bit. It's very difficult not to have a conversation about vaccines and governments made it very difficult to do so with these mandates. Someone can oppose mandates and be fully vaccinated, (laughs) right? Now, there's probably more people that don't like the mandates that are unvaccinated, but there's people that don't like the mandates, period. So I'm talking with a lot of people right now that don't want to follow along with the mandates, and they're willing to give up their livelihoods to do so. A pilot named Greg Hill, right? Three tours in Afghanistan and you know 13,000 flight hours, and he was also a, a commercial airline pilot as well, with the responsibility of human cargo. 
And because he opposes these mandates, people are saying he's an anti-vaxxer. This came a couple of weeks after Remembrance Day. So it, it's crazy that we're just living in, the, in these polarizing times. And now I'm this point of interest to where I'm having conversations with these people. And, you know, I'm not talking with a bunch of dum-dums. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just glad that there, there's people like you, uh, you know, that are, that are out there speaking their truth. I'm, I'm trying to do the same. I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. I'm sure just like you're not trying to ruffle any feathers. You're just trying to lead people down a different path, what some might consider to be the unconventional path, when really there's no reason for it to be unconventional whatsoever. Why can't it just be another path? Why can it not just be a parallel path? And, and as you well know, it's, you know, the, the powers that be, I know it sounds silly, but it's the powers that be that want to make sure that you're derailed and people aren't going to you for that, you know, the, the natural things that people can do to remedy themselves and heal dis-ease and disease in the body. And instead, just take this pill, right, or, or that injection or, or whatever, and, you know, just come see me in a month. And thank you for letting me go on that tangent. That was a, that was a hefty rant. <laughs> no, I, love, you know, I, I have so much trust. This is the thing. This is what yeah. I, I hope comes out of this conversation. And for people who are listening, you know, I always try to um, leave listeners with like a small action that they might take in direction of health and wellness. And what's coming out for me from this conversation, as I'm listening to you talk is maybe the challenge for anybody who hears this conversation is today or this week or for the next month or for the next year, whatever amount of time that you want to play this game with yourself to meet people, anybody, anybody you meet in your life in, in person or, you know, on social media or, and to, to listen, you know, to listen without knowing already how you feel about what they're saying. And, if what they're saying makes you uncomfortable, if what they're saying goes against everything you know, if what they're saying is counter to your beliefs, to, to challenge yourself to listen to them and notice what's going on inside of you. You know, instead of us having to attack back immediately, react back immediately, speak back immediately, but just to foster the skill of really meeting another human being, whether they're on the same page as us or not, and taking responsibility for what's going on inside of us as we meet each other. Because I think what we'll notice is that what's going on inside of us, let's say you were saying something and I didn't feel the same way. I think what's going in, on inside of myself as I listen to another human that isn't in alignment with my worldview is this kind of this reaction happening internally that says you're threatening, you're threatening uh, my security, you're threatening this, this belief or this, um, this idea that's made me feel comfortable. And so I have to defend it, you know, I have to like, attack you because you're threatening my reality by what you're saying. And I think, if we don't react, you know, if that's all going to go on. That's what is what is happening when we meet somebody with a counter view to ours. If we allow ourselves to witness this reaction internally, this, this ruffling of our, of our feathers, right, this kind of stirring inside of us, and we don't attack the other person, and when we, we don't defend what we, what we believe, is I think what we end up witnessing is that there's room for that counter 
narrative. There's room for that alternative viewpoint. There's room for more than one perspective. And it's actually okay. It's actually okay to let the other person have their worldview, their distinct values, their unique perspective. And it doesn't necessarily have to threaten us. You know, if we really trust in what we feel or know or believe, it's okay to allow the other person their experience, you know, and I think, you know, that that's where I believe that we're being played a little bit, you know, because it's really good for the people in control for all of us to be in conflict, right? Like to be constantly arguing amongst ourselves, because all our energy goes into that, you know, we waste so much energy and time, you know, our intellectual power, emotional power, spiritual power gets eaten up by all this back and forth. Whereas I think if we would just hear each other, we'd have this enormous reservoir of, of potential of energy and power to actually do something differently, you know, that doesn't come out of like, uh, a reaction. That's what I hope for, you know, maybe from our conversation that people, People take that challenge to just watch what happens if you don't, if you listen to somebody who who doesn't feel like you, who doesn't think like you, who doesn't live like you, and not waste your energy on trying to convince them otherwise. Make room for them, make space for them, and then do what you need to do, do what you want to do, do what what makes your your heart sing. And I think what that would terrify the people in power because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the people in power, they're the ones winning, right? Like all of us down here working our jobs and, you know, paying our bills and, you know, just living a normal life. I think, you know, we, we would have a lot more, we would have a lot more abundance if we weren't expending all our energy and being against each other. And, and I think that's how they have us trapped, you know, in this constant, um, conflict and you know they're doing whatever they want they're flying wherever they want they you know they're we're supporting their 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 greed and power so that that would be my challenge to everybody listening I mean we could go on and on I freaking love you know your courage and your honesty and and your voice is there is there anything else you want to end with that leave people with to to ponder you know what I really think you nailed it Effective listening is key. You know, people really, myself included, uh, to listen and not react. That's a great point that you made in regard to coming from a place of reaction, like action reaction. That's usually never a good thing, right? That's like a a fight or flight kind of thing in the brain, Mm -hmm. opposed to maybe even sometimes suppressing your impulses. You know, you, you have that action. You want to say something. Is that what you were going to say before that person said something that maybe, you know, for you turn the conversation into something inflammatory? Uh, asking questions is a very big thing. I see a lot of statements happening today. A lot of people with definite statements, uh, way too attached to their position and never asking a single question. Mm-hmm. For instance, you say something that opposes my worldly point of view. Oh, I'm curious. Why did you say that? Where did you get that information? Could I see a source? You know, like invite people in a little bit, become friendly and just to be not so attached. I have a lot of views on everything that's happening right now. And I could be 
absolutely wrong. I'm good with that, that I could be wrong with a, a lot of the things that I'm saying. Now, I feel if I'm right about 20% of the things <laughs> that, I, that I believe, I think we're in a lot of trouble. And there's some really weird things that are going on, like anagrams and this and that and whatever it might be. That doesn't make anything true or false, right? They're all just different points of view, different opinions. And maybe we could get a little bit closer to just respecting one another's opinions and having some curious intellectual discussions about them and maybe not having them as often because this is going to be around for a little bit. And, you know, I don't want to talk about this kind of stuff all the time either. I struggle to find room in my podcast to talk about other things, but it seems like, you know, is there anything else that matters with all the chaos that's going on in the world? And yes, the thing that matters more than anything else is not just what's going on in this world, but what's going on uh, inside of you. And so Jill, I think, you know, what you do is really fantastic and being that light for individuals that are, that are looking for that beacon. And I really appreciate you taking some time to have me on the show. It's been an honor. Yeah, well, I thank you so much, Jason. I think, you know, that's as we move into it's um, December 21st, is it today? Yeah, we're only like three months away from spring. Yeah, but you know, this is this season, I think is, is a time where I think we do try to be kind to people or that's my hope anyway. So maybe that hopefully this, this short talk can, can inspire people. Yeah, just to really listen and, and trust that wherever people are coming from, it's it's because of their own life experience. And we, you know, we all have different life experiences. So, so just to respect each other and really listen, thank you so much for being on the show, Jason, and I'll um, link up your podcast. So if people want to hear more about you, they can. Thank you. Absolutely. And there'll be a great David, David Weiss flat earth podcast that they can check out when they're there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. Check out Jason and a show. He's got all kinds of fun topics. Thanks so much for being here, Jason. No problem.